Good morning, everybody. Good morning. The Lord gave me a strange uh, word last night, this morning, and so we're going to try something. We're going to try something new. Are we having audio? Audio prompts? Hello? Is that better? Okay. So I am going to give you a statement, and we're going to pray on it, and this is going to be a collaborative message. I have a, I have a pen, so I'm going to take notes as I, as I hear. Hopefully the Lord speaks to you as well, and will confirm points that I already wrote down, and maybe highlight some things. So fill in this blank. I have a dream. And this is not MLK, this is RHC, myself. I have a dream. <laughs> That the church of God, and this could be the universal church, this could also be uh, Hill Community Church for you, uh, it could be very specific. Um, if it's Hill Community Church, you can say uh, something very, uh, something like you want a youth group, you want uh, uh, Bible studies, you want, so, so it's, it's very it's very broad, so it can be high level, it can be very specific. So, I have a dream that the Church of God or Hill Community and Hill Community as part of or as an expression of, so maybe what you pray for Hill is also what you would pray for the Church of God at, at, at large. So, I have a dream that the Church of God or Hill Community would be or would know or would do blank. I have a dream that the Church of God or Hill Community, or Anne Hill Community as part of that, part of, or as an expression of that dream, would be, would know, would do, blank. So let's, uh, let's, spend, a, let's spend a minute just praying on that, and let's see what the Lord uh, speaks to His people. Father, we surrender before you. Jesus, you are the senior pastor. You're the head of this church and every church that bears your name. We want to hear from you, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would guide this time, bring to remembrance the things that Jesus taught us in Scripture, give us inspiration, give us divine guidance on how this message should go. I pray that uh, even prophetic words would come out 
of things that will happen in this very place. Father, we're straining to hear you, Lord. We lay down all our preferences, all our desires, our goals, our plans. We want to fulfill the vision and the dream that you put in our hearts. We want to see it come to fruition. Speak now through your people. We trust that you will do so. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Does anybody have a word? A dream that the church of God would be, would know, or would do blank. Anybody? It could be small, it could be grand. I told you this is an odd word that the Lord gave me last night. Jackie. I have a dream. So I. Yes. Yeah. I have a dream that the Church of God and Hill Community Church would be a witness of Jesus by bearing the fruit of Jesus, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So love, joy, peace, patience, all of the fruit of the Spirit. One dream is that we would uh, bear, be a witness for Jesus by bearing the fruit of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Okay. Thank you. Anything else? What do you have a dream uh, that the church would become, would do, would uh, would be? Or what do you need? Yes, yes. Amen. So, Junior, the dream is uh, uh, that uh, Hill Community Church and the Church of God would endure, would persevere to the end, even through difficult times ahead. Amen. Pauline? Amen. That is one of the things I have on my list, um, that the Church of God would be a prepared bride. Actually, I had fruit of the Spirit. and uh, I didn't have juniors, but that's a good one too. Anything else? Yes, Deshaun. I have a dream that the Church of God and the Community Church may occasionally have Bible study. I would occasionally have Bible study, yes, yes. I think we should start praying about uh, specific things that we should tweak, should add, should remove, uh, and improve upon. Uh, I think we are, we're quite comfortable, but now it's time to get the train moving again in some, in some possibly new God-inspired direction. So I agree, Bible studies would be uh, something to, to pray about. Anything else? Pray for manifestation of the Spirit, especially in the area of um, healing, not just physical, but also emotional and just um, dealing with the brokenness. Yes, yes. Amen. That is also one on my list. Uh, a dream of uh, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of the signs and the healings, not just physical healings, but emotional healings and God dealing with our brokenness. Yes, yes. Amen. Anybody else? 
Okay, so I have ten things, and we will see what the Lord will have me cover today. Obviously, we will not cover it. Um, I have a dream that the Church of God, Hill Community Church, as part of that dream or expression of that dream, would know how to surrender. Uh, that we would be a holy bride of Christ through repentance, the blood of Jesus, and the washing of water with the Word. Uh, number three, that we would be full of faith in Jesus and satisfied in Him and with Him. Uh, number four, that we would live for Jesus and give all the glory to God. Number five, be empowered by the Holy Spirit and exercise every spiritual gift available to us. Uh, number nine, no wait, number six, Be faithful. Number seven, be used by God to snatch as many people as possible from hell. Number eight, be one as we are the body of Christ united under Jesus who is our head. Number nine, love one another. And number ten, learn how to fight on our knees in prayer. These are ten dreams that I have uh, for the church of God. Among those ten, what would you want? What would you like to hear about? Uh, number one being know how to surrender. Number two, be a holy bride of Christ through repentance, the blood of Jesus, and the washing of water with the Word. Number three, be full of faith in Jesus and satisfied in Him and with Him. Number four, live for Jesus and give all the glory to God. Number five, be empowered by the Holy Spirit and exercise every spiritual gift available to us. Uh, number six, be faithful. Uh, number seven, be used by God to snatch as many people as possible from hell. Number eight, be one as we are the body of Christ, united under Jesus who is our head. Number nine, love one another. Number ten, learn how to fight on our knees in prayer. So I have some, some general notes and some text uh, for these ten, or most of them. Uh, so any, any of those ten uh, seem interesting. I'll make this more collaborative today. Number seven. Let's see which one is seven. You'd be used by God to snatch as many people as possible from hell. Okay. Any others? Pauline? Three, five, and seven. Three, five, and seven. So number three is be full of faith in Jesus, satisfied in Him and with Him, be empowered by the Holy Spirit, exercise every spiritual gift available to us. Number seven, the same one as Deshaun, be used by God to snatch as many people as possible from hell. Yes, those are all good ones. Number ten. Number ten. That is the one I feel least prepared for. So let's, uh, let's, yeah, let's not do number ten today. When I am better equipped to, to address that, then we'll hopefully cover it at some time. Number three, be full of faith in Jesus, satisfied in Him and with Him. Number three. Number three. Three, four, five. Three, four, five. Okay. This is hard to keep track of. Uh, Number three, uh, be full of faith, satisfied in Him, with Him. Four, live for Jesus, give all the glory to God. Uh, Number five, be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so we, I see uh, there's a lot of threes. Uh, There's a lot of fives. There's some sevens.
Okay, let's uh, let's see where the Lord takes us. Number three, be full of faith in Jesus, satisfied in Him and with Him. Oh, I should have numbered. Now I'm really out of order. Okay. Be full of faith in Jesus, satisfied in Him and with Him. Uh, probably the biggest... Uh, mistake that I made as a young minister that I see many churches making this same mistake is that we prioritize the ministry for Jesus more than loving Jesus directly. Uh, and and in, in so doing, we, we uh, over time, it's, it's like we, we treat Jesus as if He is less impressive or less interesting than the work that we do for Him. And, and the order gets out of whack. And, and Jesus makes it clear in Luke chapter 10, verse 17. He says, this is after the 72 return with joy. He is the one who sent them. And so we also, uh, we, are, we are sent out at Jesus' uh, Jesus's beck and call. And it's not every day that we're called out, but at a specific time when He tells us to move, that's when we move. And so He tells these 72 to to go out and to go in two by two, to take nothing with you, to preach the gospel, find a person of peace, stay there. That's their strategy. It's like they don't have a plan, itinerary. They don't even know who's there on the other side. They just go with a <clears throat> with a command from Jesus to go. And then um, uh, there's somebody there who wants to hear what they have to say. And they welcome these itinerant missionaries uh, into their house. And, and, they, and that's the person of peace. And they provide food and shelter in return uh, these uh, these disciples they preach the gospel and people are saved people are healed people are delivered and it says in Luke 10 verse 17 the 72 return with joy saying Lord even the demons are subject to us in your name and he said to them I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven behold I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Uh, there's, a, there's a rejoicing for ministry when we see the fruit, when we see the signs, when we see the wonders. And I, I ask for that, and that's hopefully maybe something we will cover even today, that we ask for the empowerment of the Spirit, we ask for the, the giftings of the Holy Spirit, we ask for people to fulfill different offices in God's church so that we can, be, uh, we can equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. All of this is necessary, uh, but we cannot uh, bypass the first and greatest commandment, which is to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Jesus is the fullness of, of, uh, of the image of God in the flesh. And we are to love Him and to be satisfied with Him. And He says, rejoice, not for the ministry fruit, but rejoice that your name is written in heaven. You get to spend all of eternity with Jesus, God the Father, God the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1, uh, just an incredible prayer. Ephesians 1 verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose 
of His will to the praise of His glorious grace with which He has blessed us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace which He lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of His will according to His purpose which He set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Him, things in heaven and things on earth. Every spiritual blessing. Jesus is like when you're a little kid and you, and it's Christmas Day and you have all these gifts laid out for you. And, and remember how excited you were on Christmas morning to open up your gifts. And Jesus is the greatest gift. And every spiritual blessing is found in Christ. And so let's not treat Him like He's old news, that He's, he's familiar, that He's, uh, that he's uh, not that interesting and I'm more interested in things that are out there in this world and even ministry. Let's not get, let's not get side track. There's every spiritual blessing in Christ. We start with Him, we end with Him. Beginning and end. He is the Alpha, the Omega, the first and the last. Another dream uh, that we all share uh, is that we want to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and exercise every spiritual gift available to us. This is probably the, the meat of, of what I had to share for, for you today. Uh, so let's spend some time on this one. In Luke chapter 24, you know, Easter is approaching. Uh, Pentecost, uh, 50 days after Easter, is going to come soon after. Um, so I think this is a good word for us to prepare uh, for, uh, for our Pentecost that is coming. Um, Luke chapter 24, this is the resurrected Jesus speaking to his disciples in verse 44. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. Amen. And that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in His name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are, my, you are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And this is Jesus. He's interacting uh, with the disciples, uh, um, crowds of them, uh, hundreds of them, and and he's doing this for forty days to prove that he indeed did rise from the dead. And then he leaves; he ascends to heaven. And then there's this ten-day uh, waiting period when they need to receive power from on high, and they're just gathered in the upper room. They they they're probably like many of us and many people in God's church that we know Jesus is the Son of God. We know that He died. We know that He rose again. But how come the boldness is not there? How come I, I don't feel like I have the strength to, to make disciples on the other side of this earth? How come, how come the, there's no passion to, to share about Christ? How come I don't care that, that most people that I interact with uh, on any given day are going to hell? How come these things, like I know what is true, but how come I don't live as if it's true? Because there's a lacking of power and so there's this window. And it would be wrong of us like imagine Peter before Pentecost, because it happens in Acts chapter one and two uh, that Jesus says that you will be my witnesses, you will receive power, 
and you will go out from uh, from Jerusalem and then to Judea and then to Samaria and to the ends of the earth after power comes. And imagine Peter hearing about this promise of the Father that power is going to come through the Holy Spirit. And imagine he says, well, I don't need to wait. Let me just in these 10 days, because I believe, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Let me just go out there. Let me pass out flyers. Let me go to the farmer's market like they do in Torrance and, and have a sign that says, you're going to burn in hell. Let me, just, let me just do this kind of a ministry and try to snatch as many people with, with, my, with my strategy, with my power, with my own zeal. I don't need power. I, I know what is true. Let me just live out what is true. And many of us, we understand because we live like that for, for, for many years. We know that this, that, that kind of effort um, fades. We know these kind of plans fizzle out. And just out of duty and obligation, well, we went to this campus. We did start a Bible study. I guess we just have to do it until Jesus returns. I don't feel, I don't feel like I have a heart for the campus. I don't feel like I have a heart for God. I'm just going to do it. Uh, because I because I had a zeal years ago and then it just fizzled, but now I'm just obligated. I'm just going to do it. And and imagine we we do ministry this way. How what what kind of disciple will we make on the other side of this earth? We're going to make someone just like us, someone who knows what is true in their head, but in their heart there's no zeal, there's no burning. Uh, uh, the scripture does not come alive. There's no. Um, there's no gifting and there's no power. And so we do need we do need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Corinthians 12, it lists them out, starting in verse 18. Uh, no, actually, that's not the verse. Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Let me read that first. But he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Baptists, we love the Great Commission in Matthew 28 because it's all about teaching. As long as I know the Word of God, I can do this Great Commission. I can go to the ends of the earth. I can sign up at the International Mission Board. I can get funding. I'm going to go there and with my Bible knowledge, I'm going to do this. And many of us, even in this room, we've done missions this way. But this is a different type of a Great Commission as Jesus lays out in Mark chapter 16. This is, a, this is signs that accompany those who believe. And aren't we believers? Shouldn't we see signs? Whenever we gather, we pray this on our Wednesday prayer meeting. Whenever we gather, shouldn't we see signs? Shouldn't we see healings? Shouldn't we see deliverance? Shouldn't we see eyes opening and ears opening and hearts being regenerated? Shouldn't we see these on a regular basis? These things come uh, for believers when the Spirit is present. And, and there are supernatural things that happen. Not only uh, the signs, but there's protection. Uh, um, like you're not even sweating COVID. 
because a serpent with real poison bites you and there's a supernatural poison that this poison is not going to kill me. It's like Paul on, on, when he shipwrecked on Malta. This, this snake bites him. He just shrugs it off. It's nothing. He, does, he doesn't even sweat it. And that's the confidence we have as believers uh, who have the Holy Spirit. Um, and they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. These miracles, we should be asking, Lord, when is the power going to come? When is the power going to come? When the power comes, we will know it's time to move. Ephesians chapter 4, not only does he, Jesus, when He ascended, give gifts to men and powers, He also gifts the church with men and women uh, who are spe- specially called to various offices. Uh, it says in verse 7, Ephesians 4, But grace was given to each one according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, When He ascended on high, He, he led a host of captives and He gave gifts to men. In saying He ascended, what does it mean? But that He also had also descended into the lower regions, the earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that He might fill all things. And He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of teaching, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working together, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Jesus has gifted the church, not only with spiritual gifts, and we'll talk about the spiritual gifts next, but He also gifts uh, the church with people that He has called to various offices, and these men and women who have been specifically called by God, are gifts to the church. And they're apostles, prophets, evangelists, <clears throat> shepherds, slash pastors, and teachers. The body of Christ, universally, has people in these various offices. Hill Community I pray one day we will have representatives, uh, brothers and sisters, who will occupy these five offices. Because we need them all. <clears throat> teachers are good. We have some teachers here. Uh, we have uh, people who are shepherds, uh, people who are pastors, <clears throat> people who care for, for God's flock. These are necessary. These are God-given offices and there are spiritual gifts attached to it. Um, but we also need apostles. Apostles, you know, there, there are certain theologies that say there's no apostles today, but there are apostles. Ephesians 4 is God's truth. It is, it is never, it's not just for the first century. There are apostles. There are people who are apostolic. There are church planters. There are people who are fearless. There are people who will just go into uh, a Muslim country, into a, a random place, and they will just uh, put, a, put a flag in the ground and say, I'm going to preach Jesus here. Nobody else is here. I'm going to preach on a, on a new ground, on a new foundation, and let God build on top of it. There are those who are prophets. 
And we need prophets in God's church. There are the, the, like half the Old Testament is prophetic words. Uh, people who are close to God, who hear from God, and when they speak, it has the authority of "Thus saith the Lord." In in the in the season that we're in, we need prophetic people. We need people to say, "Oh, this is coming on the horizon. Why don't you get ready? You got to prepare. Uh, we have to we have to uh, understand these are there's false teachers, and we need to discern. We need to test the spirits. Uh, the, the, there these offices are critical for the health of the body of Christ." There are evangelists uh, who, wherever they are, they're just making friends. Uh, they, uh, that, that is their gifting. And it's so obvious when you see that person exercising their gift. It's like they can, they can start a conversation with a stranger, with anybody. And, and somehow... Uh, they build relationships with these people. They pray for these people. And at the proper time, they share Christ. And, and how, can, how can God's church grow uh, without, uh, without evangelists? If God use, uses an evangelist or two or three or many in God's church and, and God begins to add daily uh, to our number, uh, what's the point of having hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands in your church? if you don't have pastors and shepherds and people who care for souls. Because, as it says in Hebrews 13, there are certain people in God's church that He will hold accountable for the souls that He entrusted to you. And so that is uh, for the shepherds. Uh, we, have, we have a weighty responsibility that God one day will say, what, how, how, I gave this person to you. Did you steward them? Did you shepherd them? Did you point them to Jesus? I pray that all, every single one of us, 100%, we would all make it to heaven. But not just us. I pray that every person living on this earth would have a chance to hear, uh, hear the gospel, repent, and be saved. And then, not only pastors, shepherds, Apostles, prophets, evangelists, but also teachers. So I agree with this, Sean. We should have Bible studies. We have teaching teachers in this place with teaching gifts. Um, it's not just a Sunday preaching. Sunday is a different kind of a uh, different kind of a thing. Uh, but when it comes to equipping the saints, as it says in Ephesians four, uh, verse twelve, we equip the saints for the work of ministry. So it's not the minister who ministers. It's not the um, the full-time staff person who ministers, it is all the members who when equipped, all of us, we do the ministry. And so if you are not doing the ministry, uh, it's only one of two things. Either you just don't want to, uh, you don't want to serve God's church, and I think that's a problem. You don't care for people, I think that's a problem. You don't love God's church, I think that's a problem. That's something you have to wrestle with the Lord. It could be that. That's why you're not uh, um, uh, serving the body. The other reason is, maybe it's my fault that I have not equipped you. So if you have a desire to serve, if you have a desire to, uh, to f- explore your spiritual gifts, you have a burden on your heart to, uh, to reach a, a, a set of people, um, uh, but you just don't know how, uh, then, then just ask and say, I, I, I would like a, uh, a teaching about this. Just, 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 just send me an email. Just, just 
talk to me afterward. Let, let's, let's start having conversations of saying, I, I, I want to do this. I have a burden for this. I, I think God is gifting me for this, but I just don't know where to start. Maybe I'm not equipped. That one, I can help you. That one, there are others here who, are, who can teach you for these various topics to equip the saints so that all of us do the work of the ministry. And the work of the ministry is not to grow the church. It says it clearly in Ephesians 4. The, the work of the ministry is to preach Jesus because the truth is in Jesus. It, it says in Ephesians chapter 4, later in the chapter, And you speak the truth about Jesus in love. And then as you preach Jesus, we grow up into the fullness of Christ who is our head. And so again, the point is not numerical growth. The point is every single person that God brings, that you grow up into the fullness. God's destiny is for you to grow up into the fullness of Jesus Christ, to be a mini Christ, a little Christ, a Christian. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4. There are, uh, there, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom. And to, no, uh, to another, the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of the healing by the one Spirit. To another, the workings of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, who portions to each one individually as He wills. Did you know that there are these types of gifts available to God's church? Large sectors of God's church only value a subset of these gifts. They just say, as long as there's a teacher, that's all we need. Teacher and a pastor, uh, and, and just, just hire the right person, put them, up, put them in front, that's all that we need. I guarantee that if that's all you have, you will never grow. That, that local expression of the, of, the, of the universal church will never grow into the fullness of Christ with just a teacher. Teacher is a gift. On top of that, it is, there's wisdom. Wisdom is something different. So wisdom is something that the Lord gives. You could be a, a good teacher just by, by, being, by being studious and, and knowing the Scripture inside and out. But wisdom is, is from heaven. You ask for it. It is revelation. It is not an intellectual exercise. It is wisdom from God. And some people just have it. I think prophets have a gift of wisdom. They, they have insight into things. Uh, they, it's like somebody is, is, they meet somebody for the first time. It's like, a, it's like they have a word from the Lord. It's like without that person saying anything, they have wisdom. Uh, the person is sharing a certain way, but that person knows, okay, that's not really the core issue. Let me ask this question. And they have wisdom from the Lord to ask that question. They are great counselors, these people who have a wisdom from the Lord, a word of knowledge. And, and, and their words, it really gets to the heart. And that person is addressed. The brokenness is addressed. There's repentance. Salvation happens. It is a different kind of a gift. There's a wisdom from the Lord. 
um, there, there is an utterance of knowledge, and I think this is the word of knowledge I just spoke about. There is faith. We all have faith, but there are some of us who just have extra proportion of faith. It's like, it's like, like if you were in their shoes, you would be, you'd be sweating bullets. You would be uh, stressed out. You'd be, you'd be crying. But, but then, you, but then they just seem like it's no big deal because they have faith, a gift. This is a gift. We should ask for the gift of faith. Uh, so that no matter what happens in this world, we're good. Uh, we're not panicking. We're not, we're not, we don't think the sky is falling. We, we're, we, we feel grounded. We're, we're at peace. That is, that is a gifting of faith. Uh, Someone who really trusts in Jesus. Um, there's a gift of healing. Of course, Jesus is the healer. Of course, uh, God is Jehovah Rapha. Of course, the source of healing comes from Him. But why? When some people pray, as it says in the book of James, a righteous person, why when certain people pray, it seems like healing happens more frequently? One is they must be righteous. They must live a life pleasing to God. Secondly, uh, they must have a gift. And, and I ask for the gift of healing in this place because there are some of us who have injuries, who have uh, brokenness, who have uh, things that we're struggling with. And so may God give us this gift of healing uh, for the edification of His body. Another one is working of miracles. That's actually a gift. Uh, when we see signs and, and miracles and, and, and things happen of a supernatural sort, uh, that is a gift. That the Lord gives, and I and I. When you look at that next to Mark sixteen, as we grow in our faith, as we become believers, true believers, shouldn't these signs accompany? Because it says the the signs will accompany believers, and so it's just a matter of our faith growing. Once our faith grows, there, these signs we will be able to exercise these gifts. And and. I don't really know how it happens, but but when I pray for certain things, there there's just a there's just a confidence that comes in that moment. That's oh, this thing is healed. Uh, many times I pray, I don't feel it. I'm just praying, and I say, Jesus, heal. There there are some occasions uh, for very particular kinds of sicknesses. When I pray, I feel a rise of confidence. Oh, this thing is going to be healed. I don't I can't explain it. It's a gift of healing. Um, let's see to another prophecy prophetic words are important so if we do not have any prophets here then we, we are part of the universal church of Christ we have to find prophets outside of this place we got to find prophets prophets have, have insight they tell us what's coming so we can be ready. We're not caught off guard. And so if we're not being warned internally, then in the meantime, let's find prophets that are trustworthy uh, and, and let's share what, we, what we've been hearing. And if they're, if they're all hearing from the same source, prophets should line up. Um, so if they're trustworthy, prophets can judge one another. And so there should be a confirmation that we hear through the, through the prophetic office. to another, various kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. All of these gifts are for the common good. 
And so, why might God not give certain gifts uh, to His body? Maybe it's because we don't have a heart for the body of Christ. Maybe it's because He knows if He gives it to us, we're not, we're not going to steward it well. Uh, we're going to become proud. We're going to be selfish. We're going to be self-focused. We're going to attract attention to us and we're going to think we're better than others because we have these gifts. There are many reasons I can think of that God would not give gifts to His church. But if we have the right heart that we really care about the body of Christ, not just here, but across this world. And we say, I want to edify not just people here, but people on the other side of the world. And, and when we have these gifts, I want to use it to, the, to, the, to its fullest potential so that, I can, uh, uh, so that the body of Christ, uh, for the good of the body of Christ. And Paul gets into it uh, more in 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, verse 18 but as it is God arranged the members of the body each one of them as he chose if all were a single member where would the body be as it is there are many parts yet one body the eye cannot say to the hand I have no need for of you nor again the head of nor the, again the head to the feet I have no need of you on the contrary the parts of the body that seem to be weaker and indispensable and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there, be, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administration, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the higher gifts and I will show you a still more excellent way. Do you believe that every single person who walked through this door, who is part of Hill Community Church, is here because of God's divine orchestration? If so, do you have equal care for every single person who is in this place? Do you show, uh, do, you have, uh, do you have the sin of partiality? Do you show honor to certain people because on the surface they are more honorable? They're more, they seem more deserving and, and uh, you have something to, to gain from that person and they are, uh, uh, there's whatever kind of reason that you feel like, okay, this person I want to spend time with, invest in. This person, which according to Scripture may be, seem weaker, um, is actually indispensable. And maybe God, at a proper time, He's going to exalt this person. And, and this person, you're going to see the value that this person brings. Right now, you can't see it. But as you love that person, as you care for that person, they, that person is built up, and in the end, you will be blessed because you know that brother or that sister. I, 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 I pray that our church would be that kind of person, whether we're 35, whether we're 350 that we would have this type of heart for every person who walks in the door. 
that we will exercise whatever gifts we have for the sake of building up my brother or sister. We need all of us here. All of us. We need each other. Uh, We might not think we need every single person in this room, but if God has brought that person, it says in God's scripture, we're parts, members of his body. We need each other. Even the unpresentable parts. You think, you look down on that, you don't don't invest, you kind of ignore that person, you talk mainly with the people that you want to talk to, and that happens in all the churches of God. But here, there's a different picture that we have equal concern. We're all members of the body. One is not higher than the other. Just because you're an apostle, you don't get a special front row seat. We're all equal. They're equal value. And, and, and in the end, God may highlight and exalt the people that we think are weaker and unpresentable. God may exalt that person and we will be so blessed because we poured into that person. Um, there are give, different gifts and, and we can stop a teaching gift and say, okay, that's all Hill Community is going to be about. We're just going to have good, sound teaching. Is that enough? Or, or we just want to be people who, uh, who have the gift of helps. Uh, there are certain people, they're just helpful. I mean, that is a gift. Like they just walk into a room and they just start organizing things. They start cleaning up. They say, they say how can I help? There are many people who just walk into a room. They see a few people working. They don't notice. They don't ask. Like there's dishes in the, in the sink. They don't actually wash it. It's not their job. No one assigned them the job. Like in cer- certain churches, they, they, they want people to, 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 to grow, uh, to become a helpful person. So they, so they make you serve. They, they correct you if you do not serve. That's not the way to do it. The way to do it is notice the people who have the gift they're just very helpful. It's like, it's like um, Brother Matthew, very helpful. Sister Sarah, very helpful. Just people, I just, I, I just when, when, when we do church, like I don't have to worry if they're there. They're going to take care of a lot of things. They're going to set things up, clean things up. I just feel like these people are just helpful. Um, so just spend time with them and, and get to know them and... Um, and become like them. Not, not, not out of pressure. Not like someone's going to rebuke you because you didn't clean up after yourself. Um, although parents, we, there are some level of discipline you have to do in the home to, to just be a decent human being. Uh, don't be a slob. Because I, I would be embarrassed if, if the kids le- lived like a slob and then they got married, they lived like a slob and their dorm room was like a, a pigsty. I would be embarrassed. So there's a certain level of things that we do as children, but uh, to uh, parents to children. But, but beyond that, like that's such a low bar. Just clean up after yourself. Don't be a slob. On top of that, there's gifted people in God's church that are just helpful. Watch these people. Imitate these people. Um, ask for the gift of how can I be helpful? Uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Before you gather, consider how you may love others and show good deeds to others. It's, it's something you have to come mentally prepared to do. 
It's like, don't allow just a few people to, to run the show like you're at home and your parents are running the house and, and you're just a young kid just, just benefiting from everything. Don't live life that way. Ask for the gift of helps. But beyond that, um, there are other gifts, not just teaching, not just being helpful, not administration. These are somewhat less impressive, but there are miracles. We should ask for that. We should ask for apostolic gifting so that we can bring the gospel in places it's never been before. Uh, we can, well, let, let's ask for prophetic gifting and people to fulfill, to fill prophetic offices so that we can be warned in advance what is to come. Uh, may, may we also have uh, people who have the gift of healing so that we can see signs and wonders and miracles whenever we gather. And may we not just speak in tongues, but have an interpretation of tongues so that, so that it's intelligible, so that we can actually know, oh, this tongue is, is actually communicating something from the Lord. It's not a human language, but it's an angelic tongue, but somebody can interpret it. It's a gift from the Lord so that we can say, okay, this is for the body of Christ to be edified. And it says, among all these gifts, desire the higher gifts. And then in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, it says, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts. And it says, especially that you may prophesy. So among everything on this list, one of the prayers that we should always be praying for is, okay, all these gifts are valuable. Um, um, I want to exercise one, two, all of these gifts. I pray that in this body of Christ, we may have one, several, or all of these gifts. But if we're going to pray specifically and persistently for one of them, it should be here, it says, for prophecy. It's that important. To hear, to be in tune with the Lord, to be in tune with what's happening in current events, to know how the Satan is scheming to, to bind up the body of Christ. We need prophetic people. We should desire the gift of prophecy. It says in verse 2, For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God, for no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more... To prophecy, the one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongue unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. And so some, some churches, there's a lot of tongues happening, but zero interpretation. And if Paul were to see that, he would say, what are you doing? It's unintelligible words. What are you doing? Is it, is it, you can do that at home. Do it all that you want. And Paul is saying, I speak in tongues more than all of you. But he does it privately. But when it's in God's church, unless there's interpretation of the tongues, don't exercise it there. Instead, instead, there's a greater gift that should be exercised whenever we gather at God's church. It is a gift of prophecy. And its purpose is to upbuild, encourage, and console. Not just to warn, but present day. There is an encouragement, an edification, a comfort, and a consolation. And that is such a powerful gift. Uh, Preaching can be prophetic. When it's from the Lord at the right time, you heard correctly, it can be prophetic. Not just faithfully going through a series or going through chapter to chapter, but God in a moment just changes direction and says, this is the word, 
preach it tomorrow. Uh, that, that could be a prophecy. Um, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 13. Therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. So again, without interpretation, we don't need to exercise a gift of tongues when we're gathered in God's house. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 18. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Nevertheless, in church, I would rather speak five words with my mind in order to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. Again, he's stressing, may it be intelligible, may it be something that is, it can be explained and, and taught. Then verse 23, If therefore the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues and outsiders or unbelievers enter, will they not say that you are out of your minds? But if all prophesy and an unbeliever or outsider enters, he is convicted by all. He is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed. And so falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among you. So this is prophetic this is something that edifies, upbuilds, encourages, uh, consoles, uh, warns for the future. It's also something that reveals the hearts of people who are gathered there. That can happen through a sermon. Like I'm not thinking, oh, this, this point, I, I have this person in mind. That's why I'm going to stick this point. I hope this person hears it. That's not how the sermon should go. We just have a point uh, and it's from the Lord, and it's for whomever. It's mainly it's for myself. Everything I preach mainly is for myself. Uh, and 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 if it's from the Lord, probably it will also convict other people who hear it, because for whatever reason you're here in God's church. So there's a pro- prophetic thing. But if you're an unbeliever, you don't even believe in God. Somebody dragged you to church. You think this whole thing is a farce and and a, and, a, and a scam. But suddenly, in the preaching, a prophetic word goes out. A word of knowledge. It's like that person is a total stranger to you. You don't know that person. You haven't shared the secret with anybody. But somehow, in the preaching, a prophetic word comes out. It's like that person knows you. It's like that person read your diary. That's how I came to faith. It's because church was so boring for most of my life. But suddenly, as a sophomore... I felt like the preacher read my diary, even though I don't have a diary. He knew my thoughts. He was, he was revealing my heart. I was an unbeliever. My heart was laid bare. And I said, oh, God must be in this place. And I came to faith because of that miracle and the exercising of that gift. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 26. What then, brothers? When you come together, each one has a hymn a lesson, a revelation, a tongue or interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. If any speak in a tongue, let there be only two or at most three and each in turn and let someone interpret. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others weigh what is said. If a revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. For you can all prophesy one by one so that all may learn and be encouraged. And the spirits of prophets are subject to prophets. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. These verses are my 
my dream of, of, of what part of Hill Community Service could look like. When we have a testimony time, uh, there could be a lesson from the Lord. There could be a revelation from the Lord. Something God has spoken to you in, over the week and you want to just share it to edify the church. Some of you have a, a singing talent and you just want to offer a gift of song and a praise to the Lord. This is all part of what, why we had that testimony time. But there's also... Uh, people who speak in tongues and if there's somebody in the audience who have a gift of interpretation may that tongue go forth and the interpretation go forth in addition to that may there be prophets who in an orderly way one at a time at most two or three and they will confirm the prophet say I think this is from the Lord and the other prophet says I agree Think of how, how different our services will be when we have all the offices of God's church in operation, all the gifts in God's church in operation. Think of how different it will be when we are filled and empowered by the Holy Spirit. We will go to the ends of this earth and this place will not be able to fill the people that God brings. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 37. If anyone thinks he is a prophet or spiritual he should acknowledge that the things I am writing to you are a command of the Lord. If anyone does not recognize this, he is not recognized. So my brothers earnestly desire to prophesy. Again, he's saying we, we have to ask for the gift of prophecy. And do not forbid speaking in tongues, but all things should be done decently and in order. I have a dream that we will... Be full of faith in Jesus, satisfied in Him and with Him. That before we go to the ends of this earth, we'll rejoice that our names are written in heaven, that our eternity is, is sealed by the Spirit and we, will, we look forward to spending eternity with Jesus, God the Father, God the Spirit and all the saints. Also, we, I have a dream that we would be a church that is empowered by the Holy Spirit, that we will have representation even here of all the fivefold offices of, of, the, of, the, of the church of God and that we will have all the manifestations and the gifts of the Holy Spirit not just the ones that we uh, that are uh, somewhat more ordinary like, like helping and administration and gifts I mean and, and teaching but also the ones that are more supernatural in nature like tongues and, and prophecy and, and healing. Okay, lastly, I'll just end with this. Um, I have a dream, and some of us, maybe all of us, have this dream, that we will be used by God to snatch as many people as possible from hell. Second Peter 3, verse 8. Do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. God's heart is that all would reach repentance. Hell is not for any of us. Hell was created for Satan. Not one man, woman, or child should go there. It's not for them. It's not for us. And God has delayed the return of Christ it may seem slow, but it's for, for the sake of more people being added to the Lamb's book of life. 
And first of all, we should make sure that me, myself, I am saved. That I'm on the path of salvation. Because what is a profit to gain the whole world? If you lose, you lose your own soul. If you've lost your own soul, then there's no point. You, you wasted everything. And so that's important. You have to have a right relationship with God in Christ. And on top of that, if God has entrusted you uh, with family, then, then your next ministry is make sure your spouse is saved. Whatever, whatever it takes, serve your spouse. Make sure your spouse is saved. Help your spouse to grow into the man that he's supposed to be. Help one another out of reverence for Christ. Submit to one another. Exercise all of your gifts for the good of the thriving of your spouse. Not only your, uh, not only your spouse, but your children. Especially fathers and wives. Support your, the, the husbands in this. To, to raise up the children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. If, if you reach thousands for Christ, but your own child is lost, think of the regret. Think of the regret. There's an order. God doesn't want you to be in that situation. He wants to make sure your family is saved. For me and my household, we will serve the Lord. That is first priority. Yourself, your spouse, your children. Make sure before we say, well, I'm going to reach the ends of the world. I'm going to reach this entire nation for Christ. What about your home? Listen, let's make sure we get the order right. But also, let's not stop there. Just because our family is saved on the path of salvation, does, does that mean, well, my job's up, done. My hands are clean. Don't you, don't, you have, don't you want the heart of God? God's heart is He doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to reach repentance. He wants every man, woman, and child living. All billions of people who are going to hell, He wants all of them to be, repent, to meet Jesus and be saved. Even in their final breath, as we see on the thief on the cross, even in that last moment, God is begging, imploring, moving in situations so that person, even on their deathbed, has a chance to be saved. And if you have God's heart, and I pray that all of us will have God's heart in increasing measure, you will find that it's not enough that you're saved, your spouse is saved, your children are saved. What about billions of people that you walk past that are living presently? Don't you care for them? Don't you have God's heart for them? Let's, let's ask for God's heart. Why is Christ delaying His return? Is so that more people can be saved. Let's start praying for people in our family to be saved. Let's start praying for South Bay to be saved. Let's start praying for Southern California to be saved. Let's start praying for California to be saved. Let's pray, start praying for America to be saved. Let's start praying for all the nations, every man, woman, and child, billions of people to be saved. With just a phone, a camera, we can reach the world. Now we have no excuse. You, if you have a gift, if you have a desire, if you're being equipped by the church you're a part of, then we can reach many more people than you think is possible. We can reach thousands, perhaps millions, maybe even billions through technology. Because God is God has put you in His salvation history. He, is, he has appointed you for this time. Why did, out of all times, that he, could have, that he could have formed you in your mother's womb, and why did He put you today in 2022? Is it not for you to, to have an expansive reach for the gospel? 
because Paul could not have the reach because he's just one man traveling on a horse, on a boat, on foot. He is so limited, but he is one man. And these apostles, they just turned the Roman Empire upside down. You know, they were gifted by the Holy Spirit. And, and Peter, as an example, he was gifted by the Holy Spirit. And when Pentecost came and, and they were speaking foreign languages, and this was a miracle, this was a reversal of the Tower of Babel, that they're speaking foreign tongues that they could not have known. Foreigners are walking by. They know that they can hear it. They know that tongue. It's their tongue, their native tongue. And they're saying, this is a miracle that they're praising God in a foreign tongue. I can attest to it. I've actually witnessed this before. I, I, I was, uh, during a time of prayer, somebody was praying. I don't know if that pastor knew Japanese. But I know Japanese, and I could hear he was speaking Japanese. So maybe that was a that was a, a, a speaking in tongues. And if I maybe I should have tapped him on the shoulder afterwards, and say, "Oh, I could I, I know exactly what you're saying." The, the <clears throat> this miracle happened when tongues of fire rested upon uh, the, uh, the 120 who were gathered in the upper room, and Peter empowered. He preaches one message. 3,000 people come to faith. Imagine how much labor it would be to grow a church of 3,000 in your flesh with your strategy, with just your zeal. That's why we have to wait on the Lord. We should wait for power. We should take God at His word. We should wait as He told us to wait. But when it's time to go, then we go. And He spoke. And, and, and 3,000... Think of how bustling and active and exciting that church in Jerusalem must have been in those early days. And people are just selling all of their possessions and and even Ananias and Sapphira, they say, well, I want to be recognized as a leader in this place. And they're selling their their field and they're just, they said they gave it all, but they actually kept a portion for themselves. And then God struck them dead. It's this kind of a holy gathering and the fear of the Lord was there. And, and there was such generosity and, and a filling of the Spirit. And people were being added to the number day by day. Think of how busy, suddenly busy, these, uh, these, these apostles were. And these uh, 120 were. Immediately they're thrust into full-time ministry. And they don't even have the, the, the resources to pass out food uh, to, to, to widows uh, who need bread. And so they even, they even start the office of deacons and deaconesses to, to, to pass out food and to serve and to meet the physical needs of this growing church. But we know from history that it was not God's vision to have a mega church. God's vision was not to stay in one location and to grow bigger and bigger and bigger because through persecution He scatters them because He knew, God knew the hearts of men that we like, we like big things. We like comfort and familiar things. And so if it's up to us, there's such an inertia, we will not move unless we're forced to move. And what God did through Roman persecution is He forced the church in Jerusalem out of Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, to the ends of the earth. It's because of persecution. It is the hand of God who used evil schemes of men who had ill will toward the body of Christ. He used it for the good of, of His purposes. And for, for 
Peter and Paul living in the first century, they reach so many people. And they're just fishermen. They're, they're, they're not that educated. But they're empowered. Think of what we could do if we're empowered with our education, with our resources, with our opportunities, even if we're small in number, with technology. Think of the impact we could make. A small little, you just drop a small little uh, pebble uh, in, in a still water. The rippling effect of what happens just from that one stone, that one pebble that falls. Think of the impact the hill community could have upon this world when we give our all to Jesus. We say, I'm going to live for Jesus. When we have the heart of God that says, I want every man, woman, and child to be saved. I'm not content with just me being saved, my family to be saved. And then on top of that, we've been fanned into flame with the Spirit of God and the power of God. And now we have these gifts and people are filling, faithfully filling their offices and exercising uh, their gifts and their offices. And think of what we can do, even a few in number, the impact we could have in this world for Christ. That is the dream I have for Hill Community and the Church of God Universal. Let's pray. Father, forgive us for being self-centered, for being narrow-minded, for not rejoicing that our names are written in heaven, for complaining, for not being satisfied with Jesus alone, for being impatient for ministry to happen instead of sitting at your feet and waiting for the power from on high. Father, we pray that you would fill this church and every brother and sister with every spiritual gift that we see in Scripture. That we would be endued with power from on high. And we would not do it for our own glory, but for the glory of God. And for the sake of the lost. We pray that through us, you could reach hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, millions, even billions. It's possible because you placed us in the year 2022 with the internet, with technology. Everybody now is online. Every church through COVID is now online. We have the ability now to reach people on the other side of this earth. Father, we surrender to you. We surrender to you. Help us. We don't want to go in our own flesh. Help us. Give us your heart. We don't want to be Uh, self-seeking. We don't want to seek the praise of men. Help us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. There's just so many things to repent of. I pray that the church of God, I have a dream that we would be good at repentance. We'd be good at repentance. We're too self-centered, too comfortable. We don't care about the things you care about. We We haven't fully surrendered our life and given our life to Jesus to live for Him. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Have mercy, Lord. I pray that you minister to us. Minister to us. As we partake in the Lord's Supper. In Jesus' name. Amen.
you'd like to come forward to accept Christ as your personal Savior and Lord, uh, if you'd like to recommit yourself, uh, your life to Jesus Christ and make Him your Lord and Savior, uh, please come forward. And we'd love to pray for you. We'd love to, if you'd like to be baptized and become a member of this church, please come forward. We'd love to pray for you. If you'd like to uh, be equipped to be uh, a saint in this body of Christ and start using your gifts uh, that you know the Lord has given to you that have been laid dormant and you want to start being equipped, please come forward. We'd love to pray for you. If you need gifts and you have a burden, but you just need gifts, please come forward. We start to love to pray for, for the giving of the gifts that you need to fulfill the call upon your life. Okay, let's pray.